Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. New Orleans Pelicans fought so hard to get into the playoffs. Only get to be smacked around last night by the Phoenix Suns. As Chris Paul said, "Uh, we've had enough of all this. Let me show you how it's done. A phenomenal fourth quarter performance by the future Hall of Famer. As the Suns take game one of their Western Conference playoff series against the New Orleans Pelicans last night in Phoenix. Still plenty of games to be played, but just the fact that the Pelicans, who had to play on Friday and had to win their second play-in game just to get into the postseason, is accomplishment enough. What are the chances we give the Pelicans for actually winning the series? No, 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 no. There'll be none of that. Taking a game is what should the expectation be. Can the Pelicans win a game and avoid being swept? Can they just be on the receiving end of a gentleman's sweep? Should be the that should be the goal. Because Phoenix is the best team in the NBA. Period. Just not the West, the best team in the NBA. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Of course, joining me here inside the game studios with vigor, with a passion like none other, a woman who is gearing up to make a playoff push herself with her bowling team. It's the one and only Miss Hannah Five Names. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Are you bowling tonight or is that off yes. because of Easter? Oh, no, we're bowling tonight. Okay. Bowling so you, happened, you know, Easter happened yesterday. So bowling happens today. This is correct. Yes, that is the calendar. Yeah. But take off schools that. are out this week dancing off this week so I was asking if bowling was taking off or did they say you know what the power of the lanes too much we gave you a day off for the Lord rising next day boom right back at it oh no yeah we're back right back at it we'll have the usual little kids we usually have at bowling which is like some grandparents taking care of children they always show up every week Mm -hmm. 
They'll just be it'll just be louder in the arcade room. That's probably at the end because everyone's gonna be at the arcade because they know you can't bowl until like nine thirty, ten o'clock because we bowl till then. We'll see. We'll see. But, you know, we're still bowling. Mm-mm. So little kids that would want to, you know, experience bowling, maybe pick up the game of bowling, aren't, aren't allowed on the Monday after the holiday because of you. Is what you're saying? Yes. I see. So. It's always funny though, is that like the people that are like my age, even yours, and they uh, they somehow forget. You know, they've come multiple times. You know, the same person come like multiple times every Monday, and still forget that we have league from six fifteen, all the way like six o'clock until nine thirty, and yet they still come trying to get a lane. Like, do you not see the whole thing is full? You don't remember that last week when it was whole full? You know? Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You hear that? You hear that? So much judgment in the voice. So much judgment in the voice. Passing judgment on all those people that just aren't obsessed with bowling or just randomly coming to the lanes because they want to have a family get together. Just want to have some quality time as a family and you're just passing judgment on them. Wow. 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 We're coming off a holiday weekend too. Wow. There's a sign outside that we have bowling at wow. league until this time on the Somebody front door. Somebody needs a hug. And they still don't. They forget. Like, do I need to get Stephen here to give you no. a hug this morning? I am fine. I'm literally just saying. There's mm. literally a sign out on the outside that says. Did the Easter Bunny not, not have... bring you anything good this year? I don't get an Easter basket anymore. Wow. Wow. Did you get anything for Easter? Any type of candy? Anything? I bought myself some Reese's Easter eggs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you got nothing? No. Nothing at all. No candy. No nothing. Easter Bunny no. didn't bring you nothing? No. Kenneth didn't bring you nothing? No. Aliyah at work <sighs> bought him. They had, for Easter, they had some M&M's. He's like key lime pie. She saw them and bought them some, so now we had those in our house, but no. <laughs> feel like you need a hug today. Am I the person I'm to give fine. it to you? Probably not. I'm perfectly fine. You seem fine. That's why I walked in and you were in the dark. Because I hadn't gotten to turn the light on yet. I came inside. How do you walk into side. a room and not turn on the light? Because that's not my first thing to do. Because I can see perfectly fine. If it was dark, dark, and I couldn't see anything, turn on the light. I'm just saving the owner some bills. I have him just drink for sitting But hey, my Mariners won the series. Yeah, see, that, that's the other thing. Why aren't you more excited? So not, not only did you not celebrate Easter over the weekend, you didn't get any Easter candy. You're uh, preventing people from enjoying bowling on a holiday week, and you get disgusted by it. I'm not disgusted now, by it. on top of all of that, your Mariners took two or three from the Houston Astros. Yes. So why aren't you happier this morning? It was just not as fun telling, but like you know, thanks for coming to you know Seattle. And he's like, well, we 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 won't be did whatever. And you know, uh, thanks for Friday. I told you that was boring. I told you. I told. <laughs> I, what, a little I warned more, you about this. is a bit more upset than he was. I warned you about this. You told me to thank me for 
him getting that one win. Yes. It, it, you, Foot is not someone you can talk smack to. It's not even possible. Not because even he, Matt talked smack back to me when he realized that we, we won. He automatically will take it and turn it on him. It, that's what he does. Oh, yeah, our team did this. It's terrible. That, well, th- thanks for like, giving, throwing us a bone for letting us have that game the other day. I can't believe we all, you know, he'll automatically start being critical of his team. He's like he he's like rabbit from eight mile when he gets on stage. He just makes fun of himself. <laughs> and then you have no ammunition. You can't do anything. No. You can't do anything. It's supposed to be a little bit more exciting. It just was like I don't I, if you would have said thanks, I'm not like, cool. I won. Boom. But like he said thanks, and then Matt doesn't even respond when I show him that we won the series. Doing stinking homework and stuff. Trying to graduate or something. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So to recap, (laughs) five names this weekend. Let's 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 do a quick recap here. And then we'll move on from so her mariners take two of three from the Astros. She tries to talk smack to Kevin Foote. That doesn't work because Foote's not somebody you can talk smack to. And then Matt Miguez, afternoon host of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, does not respond in the group text. Uh, she does not go to any Easter celebrations. She does not get any Easter candy given to her by the bunny or her loved ones. She has to go buy her own Easter candy. She is bowling tonight. And she's already aggravated by people who will stop by the lanes tonight wanting to say, hey, it's the holiday week. I'll take my kid bowling. And that's going to disturb, uh, agitate five names because of that, because they don't know the fact that there's a bowling league going on at the bowling alley. Did I miss anything? We got down to two and a half dozen eggs now. I'm going to give you a short recap of my weekend. We'll see who had a better weekend, shall we? Eight food, eight food, eight food, eight food. Let's see. Saturday, it was Easter extravaganza part one. Went to my mom's house. She made a ham, some potato salad. It was delicious. Then we had an Easter egg hunt where the Easter eggs had like unicorns in them. Somehow my mom got her hands on something like this. They had unicorn toys in them and little baby dolls. So Hattie went crazy about this. Of course, she has them all lined up. They're all named now, of course. So then we also took a plate of food and then went to go visit Tina's mom. So that was Saturday. Sunday, we get up, we go to church course it's Easter Sunday we have service it's delightful then we go to my brother-in-law's house in Bro Bridge and we have crawfish boil and it was also a birthday celebration so not only was it Easter we also celebrated my father-in-law's birthday so there was birthday cake there was crawfish boil there was an Easter egg hunt And then there was Easter games. Easter games. 
Because for years, we've had Easter at our house. We did not have it this year. Well, the pandemic kind of killed things too. So we had Easter games, and my wife comes up with these Easter games. So your pocket eggs is one game. You're balancing an egg on a spoon in your mouth to your teammate, and then they have to run back, and whoever comes back the fastest wins is like an egg relay. Egg toss, you keep going further and further back, tossing the egg. And then she came up with two new games. One was like, you know, disc golf, version of disc golf, and then another one was with, uh, like, wiffle balls and laundry baskets. I don't, I don't know where she gets these. So we had those. Are you talking to the person who won the egg pocking competition? Yeah, you are. Champion, right here. Daughter. Did my daughter found a loophole, teamed up with her cousin, Lakin, both small. <laughs> did they come up with a loophole to win the egg toss? They sure did. Because they couldn't throw it as far as everyone else, so the egg would just simply bounce on the ground and not crack. And the adult girls... They had one smash on her face right in her hair. It was amazing. And so Hattie won the – Hattie and her cousin Lakin won the egg toss. Just saying. Now, friend of the show, Zach Miller, our buddy from Friday Fantasies, he is the three-time reigning Parch Easter Games champion. He won two of the events solo. His daughters were in Texas visiting family. He came and represented his his clan, if you will. Did Zach Miller become the champion? Sure did. He won two of the competitions. So now he's four-time reigning champion. Oh. But I'm the egg fucking champion. Yes, we also dyed eggs on Saturday. What a tremendous time. I golfed the farm for the first time on Friday. Did How'd the, that go? Did the course <laughs> serve up a big old... Healthy heaping of humble pie. It sure did. Did I lose three sleeves of balls in the water? First of all, the course is designed where the ball travels so fast, you think, oh, it's not going to roll into the water. There it is. <laughs> into the water. Found it. <laughs> but did I par a few holes? Did I have a birdie attempt? Did you? On one? Yeah, I sure did. I'm so proud of you. So I had a tremendous weekend. See, I want you to compare the two. <laughs> Which one's filled with joy? And food and family, and which one? And which one is dealt with bitterness and keeping the light off in the production studio? I hadn't gotten up, turn the light on when you walked in the room. I'm gonna work on you five names. It's gonna be okay. I still had a good weekend. My best friend came to my house on Saturday, and her and the fiance watched me fail at playing Clue on the phone because the computer does stuff for you, and I was like. Why is the computer doing things for me? Because she didn't let me watch the video on how to play the game. So then I was all kinds of lost. But it's okay. I won a game of Clue when she left. <laughs> and we found that Rouse's sells Kenny's mini key lime pies, which was fantastic to Kenneth because that's his favorite type of pie. And his name is Kenneth. Nickname is Kenny, but I do not call him that. He was very excited about that. I had the pizza little... Cupcake dough bites that you can eat because I like cookie dough. There you go. See? Same thing. Same oh. thing. Oh Same gosh. thing. <laughs> we got a great show lined up for you today. <laughs> what a way to start off the week. That's how we roll around here. Rolling. Rolling. 
<laughs> You're ridiculous today. I can already tell. Uh, Susan Ann and Karen Crow High softball coach will be stopping by joining us. First time in the postseason in more than five years, I do believe, probably longer. The uh, Golden Bears softball program is going to be playing in their first playoff game in a very long time. That'll be happening. She'll stop by to talk about how they were able to turn things around there with the program, their season, and look ahead to their playoff matchup against Lakeshore. Uh, We'll also be talking with Jeff Palermo, our buddy from Tiger Rag Radio. Not a great weekend for the Tigers baseball team as they were swept by Arkansas. Razorbacks were like, that is adorable that you swept Mississippi State. Here you go. Thanks for coming to Fayetteville. Bye. Jay Johnson's team still got some work to do. We'll talk to Jeff about that as well as spring football wrapping up. Jay Walker will be joining us today. Longtime play-by-play man for the Raging Cajuns. Hey, they bounced back in a big way. They lost that one game to ULM. The baseball team did. They come back, win the rubber match in convincing fashion. Continue climbing up the Sunbelt Conference standings in baseball. The softball team, meanwhile, went on the road and got themselves a sweep of South Alabama. Now they're in sole possession in the Sunbelt Conference. And we'll also be talking with Carly Viator, our good friend from Festival International. We're getting closer and closer to festival time. We'll get the latest from her about what's going on with festival. So that's all on tap today here on this lovely Monday April 18th edition of RP3 and Company. I got the producer extraordinaire. Just a ray of sunshine in the darkness that is the sports world. <laughs> I'm the big Paul the beautiful one. Hotlines open as always. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There are two types of sports reporters. Those who are respected for their ability at building relationships with coaches and players. And here's our game plan. Then there are those whose method of reporting is getting hammered with a college football team in Pat O's. You guess which one RP3 is. Back to more RP3 and Company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, the NBA playoffs means next-level basketball. Get in on the first-round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 
1037 game. That's 1037 game. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code 1037 game at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Availability does vary by parish. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. Let's talk a little NBA playoffs. Let's talk about those Pelicans. Because Chris Paul put on a heck of a show. Heck of a show. But before we do that, credit New Orleans. They had to win two games just to get into the playoffs. They had to win their two play-in tournament games. They do so on Friday night. They go on the road. They win the second game against the Clippers on Good Friday. Now, the Clippers didn't have Paul George, who got put in like health and safety protocols the day of. Like it was four hours before the game. <laughs> I was like, what? What do, you, what do you mean? Is that still a thing? Apparently. So, the Clippers' best player, not available. But credit New Orleans. They had to go on the road and still beat a team on the road. And that's what they did on Friday. And they earned their spot into the actual playoffs. Play-in tournament doesn't count. The Spurs lost in the play-in tournament to the Pelicans. And people made a big deal about the fact that the Spurs have not been to the playoffs the last couple years. Playing tournaments, not the playoffs. But the Pels, after that 1-12 start to the season, win two play-in tournament games against the Spurs, against the Clippers, and they get the opportunity to play in the playoffs. And they get to take on the best team in the NBA. A team that was this close from winning the Larry O'Brien trophy a year ago and has brought back the majority of those pieces. Chris Paul put on a show because New Orleans after struggling in the first half and that's what they did last night they struggled in the first half back-to-back quarters they came alive outscoring the Suns 37 to 26 in the third you're like wow that's impressive you're like oh hey the Pelicans are going to give the Suns All they can handle. Going to give them the business. Could they pull off the upset? Could they? And then Chris Paul said, no, that's not going to happen. The future Hall of Famer came up huge down the stretch. 19 of his 30 points came in the fourth quarter alone. So the veteran soon-to-be Hall of Famer stepped up and put the team on his back. Pelicans gave them everything they could handle in the third. Chris Paul said, not a problem. Got this. 110 to 99 victory for Phoenix. Of course, the Suns have all those connections. Former New Orleans players and coaches. Chris Paul played for the New Orleans Hornets at the time. Elford Payton, former Raging Cajun. Played for the Pelicans for a year. Guess what? He's a backup on the Suns. <laughs> Monty Williams used to be the coach <laughs> of the New Orleans 
Hornets slash Pelicans. He's now the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. Great performance by Chris Paul. And that's what you expected. Brandon Ingram had 18. Valanciunas had 18 as well for the Pels. McCollum led the guys with 25. He also played 43 minutes, but he shot 9 of 25. 9 of 25. Valachunas shot 7 of 21. Not great. Larry Nance Jr. did give the Pels a boost off the bench. 20 minutes, 14 points. Great. But the Suns are just so balanced. I mean, yeah, Paul stepped up and put the team on his back there in the final quarter, as you expect him to. But, I mean, just look at this. Paul had 30. 12 of 16. That's how he shot. That's called efficient. Devin Booker chipped in 25. DeAndre Ayton, 21. Bridges, 11. Johnson off the bench, 13. They're just more balanced. They're just more balanced. Phoenix is a well-oiled machine. The fact that the Pelicans are even here is a win. The fact that they even got into the play-in tournament, you could argue, is a win. But they won both of their play-in tournament games. So, really, the expectation, the success here is making the playoffs, actually making them. And then we'll see. Can they can they steal a game? Games one and two will be in Phoenix. Game three will be Friday night inside the Smoothie King Center. Game four, because this is a seven-game series, game four will be Sunday. So the Pelicans will actually have home playoff games. Crowd should be great Friday night and Sunday, right? Should be good. But we'll see. We'll see if they can steal a game. Probably at home. Probably at home. I think that's your expectation. If you're a Pelicans fan today, you made the playoffs. Can we steal a game? And say, look at that terrible start we had to the season. And we didn't have Zion all year. We had a rookie head coach. And we still somehow made it into the playoffs. And we took a game from the best team in the NBA. That okay, That's a foundation season. All day long. Of course, the first round began yesterday. Pels win. Or they don't win. They actually lost. But they won to get there. Once again, this is a win for the Pels. Not to try to be optimistic guy, but just the fact that they're here is a win. But yesterday, the first round of the playoffs actually started. Heat demolished the Hawks. Remember, Atlanta won the two play-in games in the East. Miami's your number one seed. That's your 1-8 matchup. Bucks edged the Bulls. Remember, Milwaukee's your defending champs. And they still have Giannis. Suns take care of the Pelicans. But then the drama was that Celtics-Nets game, which ended up crazy at the end. Absolutely bananas. The Nets thought they'd won it. Kyrie had gone off. Plus, he was flipping off the home crowd there in Boston, the team that he used to play for and that he made sure not to play for anymore. And Boston's a tough place to play, period. But then the Celtics somehow have enough time 
and are patient enough to put up the game winner. 115 to 114. Which means a certain producer of the afternoon show will probably be insufferable for yes. a little while. Yes, he will. <laughs> but that was your first round of action. <laughs> for the for the NBA playoffs, yes. James Mesh is a diehard Boston Celtics fan. Surprised we didn't get any kind of text last night or you know, when the game ended for him to say anything about it. So. Well, I did have to comment in the group text that we had text <laughs> messages going on at 1130, <laughs> and then someone decided to start texting again at 7 o'clock on a Saturday when it's Raymond's sleeping day. So maybe now there will be a time limits here on when you're going to text and when you can't text. Well, I mean, James already puts his phone to where he silences all notifications. You can see in, the t- on the, in your text messages, you can see it says notifications have been silenced. So he already does that. <laughs> I was just ecstatic that my team won and my dog woke me up. So I figured I'd wake everybody else up. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, man. Before we hit our time out here, quickly we'll tell you about the poll question of the day. Is five names allowed to talk trash today or not? After the Mariners took two of three from the Houston Astros this past weekend. Yes, her team won. No, the Mariners still suck. Or option three, how about Ray's Braves? (laughs) Go vote on our poll question of the day. (laughs) 67% of you say yes, her team won. 33% say how about Ray's Braves? (laughs) Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. We got to take a timeout. When we return, though... We're going to switch gears from the hardwood to the diamond. Lots to get to this past weekend on the college diamond as well as with the Astros, as we mentioned. That's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, it's time to laugh until it hurts, but the pain will be for a great cause. That's right. Cajun Comic Relief returns this coming Saturday, April the 23rd, at Angel Hall, the former stomping grounds of producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names. That's on the campus of University of Louisiana Lafayette. The comedy event, with its proceeds benefiting the Cajun Navy Ground Force, will feature comedians and entertainers Sam Jobert, Steve Shaw, and the raging Cajun John Morgan. KDN News anchor Jeff Horchak and your very own, that's right, yours truly, the big, bald, and beautiful one, will be serving as co-MCs for the event. Tickets only cost $30 and can be purchased at eventbrite.com. That's the Cajun Comic Relief. It's back after a two-year hiatus. Come check it out. It's for a great cause this Saturday at Angel Hall. Let's talk... Raging Cajuns, baseball, softball. Let's talk softball first, shall we? Team is getting better. Not perfect. They started off Sunbelt play dropping games to teams that they haven't lost to in like 10 years. Georgia State and Georgia Southern. They didn't beat anyone worth a flip, so to speak, when they had opportunities to take down the best teams in the country or teams on the same level with them, like LSU, like Alabama. Well, then they finally beat Texas the third time around. 
and they're seemingly the young team that Jerry has seemingly getting a little bit better. It's not perfect. They're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And he would tell you as such. He knows they're flawed. He knows the pitching is not nearly as dominant as it has been in the past, nor is the lineup. It just isn't. But what they were able to do over the weekend, going on the road, winning the first game at South Alabama 10-7, bit of a slugfest there, and then to come back and win the Good Friday doubleheader. 2-1, 7-1. It is their 70th consecutive Sunbelt Conference Series win. And more importantly than that, and that record, that streak, if you will, is the fact that they are in sole possession of first place in the Sunbelt Conference. So even some early miscues in conference play, some missteps, if you will, they have not been perfect. They have not been the dominant force that so many of us expect to see from the Raging Cajun softball program because that's the bar that's been set there for 20-plus years. That's not this team this year. They're a good team. They're not dominant. But for them to go on the road and sweep South Alabama to now sit atop the Sunbelt Conference standings, bravo to Jerry Glasgow's team. I mean, straight up. Because that's impressive. That is just absolutely impressive. Because his team is immensely young. They're now 29-10 and 10 on the year. 15-3 and three in conference play. And you look up what's coming up next. He's got this weird Midwest swing going on. Jerry did this on purpose. He's going to play. They're going to play at St. Louis tonight. Yes, as in St. Louis, Missouri. So they went to South Alabama, and then they have to trek up to the Midwest. It's a bit of a road trip. At St. Louis tonight. At the University of Illinois. That's right. Urbana-Champaign. Here they come. Tomorrow, Tuesday. Wednesday, they're playing at Indiana. And then they're going to go to the weekend for a three-game set against App State in Boone, North Carolina. That is a hell of a road trip that you're making your team take late in the season. (laughs) But for being such a young team, this is probably a good thing. You go on the road, you get your three-game series sweep of South Al, and you're going to try to play these non-conference opponents, get tested, be far from home. That's going to help with their mental fortitude, so to speak. There's a reason why Jerry did this. Let's talk about the baseball team, meanwhile. They were not perfect over the weekend, and lots of fans were not happy about them losing to ULM on Friday night. Warhawks evened up the series with that win on Friday. But the Cajuns came back in a big way the next day. Came back in a big way as they won on Saturday. 7-1, bouncing back from that 7-5 loss the night before. They improved to 20-15 and overall, 9-6 and in Sunbelt Conference play. And... Coach Degg says, hey, you know what? This team may very well be coming together at the right time. I think we have been for the last three weeks. 
really maybe beyond that you know we've uh we've played south Isle. we won that georgia southern won that you know get one on the road at tech and these last two series you can't discount because it is tough in the conditions that we've played in with a lot of expectation on you and so sometimes when you have a huge bullseye on you, you've got to be able to counterpunch and, and, and shut some things down to stop momentum. And I think we've, you know, five out of six uh, to finish that up. It's pretty good. Really six out of seven uh, going back to Georgia Southern on Sunday. And they've done a nice job of showing some resiliency, haven't they? They get down in a game, they've been able to come back and Deggs further elaborated about how his team has been able to respond, especially in the last three weeks or so. Well, they do because one of, one of the underlying themes in it is they really care about each other, and there's not a lot of selfishness or ego inside this clubhouse. And so they all just play for each other. They love to play. And so with that comes a little bit of a short memory and, and some really good fight to finish. And uh, it's never about any one person. For the most part, you know, we have some hiccups here and there, but for the most part, they're uncommon as far as the way they go about their business. And they work hard, and they play hard, and they practice hard. And uh, I think more than anything, they just love to play. And and so if, if uh, you have some of those traits, you're going to be hard to put away. Now they will turn their attention for the Wally Pontiff Classic. Tuesday at Alex Box Stadium, Cajuns versus the Tigers. Oh, it should be an electric atmosphere. Your boy will be there covering. Not to worry, credentials have been secured. Boom. But up next, great litmus test, great challenge, crossing the basin to take on Jay Johnson's team, and this is what Deggs had to say about that. That's a great opportunity for us on the road, and somehow we've we've managed through our ups and downs to maintain a, a healthy RPI that if we were to get hot, could really we could build on it. And to get these opportunities, really it's the next four in a row because Georgia State's got a really good RPI as well. And then when you have a chance to do that on the road, but look, we're going to have to play our best baseball. Jay Johnson does an incredible job, and I've watched a ton of LSU this year. And those guys, look, they're playing a different brand of baseball than what you've seen in the last couple of years, and they can swing it. And so we're going to have to pitch it extremely well, not give them any, anything free. And we're going to have to match them offensively. We had a good uh, fall game over there this fall, so it's not like we haven't been there. But we're going to play it one inning at a time and, and play some really good baseball. They're good. Should be a hell of a ball game because LSU's coming off being swept. Cajuns are feeling good about themselves. LSU is still on that roller coaster ride that has been their season, especially in SEC play. And the midweek game can be tricky. So it should be a great atmosphere tomorrow night inside Alex Box Stadium. Speaking of those Tigers, we'll talk about whew, another bad weekend for LSU. Last weekend, great. This weekend, bon bon. We'll talk about that next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or for any other reason, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. 
what happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service, and to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles remind you call 811 and know it's below before you dig. Not a optimal weekend for the LSU baseball team. Thought you had they had turned a corner by going on the road and sweeping Mississippi State inside Stark Vegas, the defending national champs. But Mississippi State is down this year, second worst team in the West. But you still thought, hey, it was a clean weekend, no errors, the bats came alive, timely hitting, Jay Johnson's team may have turned a corner. Then Arkansas said not so fast. After losing 5-4 to four on Thursday, we talked about it on Friday's show, would they respond Remember, they did this before. They they have a penchant for losing the first game of their series in SEC play. But could they do like they did against Florida? Remember, they dropped game one in that series, came back, won the next two games, win the series. That did not happen in Fayetteville. Game two on Good Friday saw the Tigers get shut out 4 nothing, 4 to nothing. They were held to a mere three hits. And Arkansas scored all of their runs on home runs, three of them, in the game. So after being humbled, held to three hits, and the pitching staff giving up batting practice to the tune of 4 nothing, LSU had to come back out there on Saturday to try to avoid being swept at the hands of Pig Suey. And they couldn't do it. Arkansas wins the game number three, 6-2. LSU did get a lot of hits in this game, in Saturday's game. They got 11 of them. Guess what? That glove work, not great. Era back on the board. Only two runs on 11 hits. Arkansas way more efficient, six runs on six hits, including plating four there in the bottom of the fifth to take control of this game, and then added two more in the bottom of the seventh. LSU struck first. They grabbed the early lead, up one nothing. But, yeah. Then the LSU in the fifth, the bleeding starts based on that error. Fielder's choice. Stovall reaches on the fielder's choice, battles, advances the second on a fielding error, and Webb scores. And that opened up the dam, so to speak, for Arkansas. Because then they just kept going. Single up the middle, another run. Sack fly, another run. And then, once again, the pitching gave up another home run. Slavens hits one over the right field wall. Two-run shot there in the seventh to cap off the game, 6-2. to two. LSU's a good team. As I told my nephew and my brother-in-law yesterday, is LSU an NCAA regional team? They sure are. Could they make some noise in a regional? Sure could. But they're going to be a two-seed. I do not see them hosting an NCAA regional unless 
They get one of those fringe ones where the committee's like, hey, we know LSU will draw. We'll give them one because they haven't been good enough in conference play. They're not even the best team in their own division. LSU still got work to do. UL goes to town on Tuesday. Then comes the three-game set Thursday through Saturday again when Missouri comes to town to Alex Box Stadium. LSU's now 23-12 on the season, but 7-8 in the SEC. Jake Johnson's team's got work to do. Got to take a timeout. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two of RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. Our number two has arrived. Woo! Good show. Good show so far. We talked Raging Cajuns baseball. Raging Cajuns softball. Both winners over the weekend. Softball got the sweep. And now they'll be gearing up for uh, one heck of a road trip. They got to go to St. Louis, Missouri. Champaign, Illinois. Bloomington, Indiana, and then over to Boone, North Carolina. Woo! Late season, late season impromptu road trip for the Raging Cajun softball team as they now are in sole possession of the Sunbelt Conference standings. Baseball team dropped a game against ULM, but they bounced back in a big way to take the rubber match. They continue to improve. Matt Deggs' team. Now they'll be gearing up for a midweek game, the Wally Pawn of Classic. Tuesday, inside Alex Box Stadium against LSU. Speaking of those Tigers, not great. Swept by Pig Suey. Arkansas took advantage and, well, beat him three straight times. And now LSU finds itself below 500 in SEC play. Likely winning the the SEC West is not an option. And they got work to do. And they got still got plenty of work to do. This team is talented enough. They'll get to a regional. They'll be a regional team. Make no bones about it. I just don't know what they're going to be able to do in a regional setting. The pitching is not as good as it needs to be. The bullpen is not as good, and the defense is sloppy. So you just don't know. You just don't know. You just don't know what you're going to get. The Minis Cowboys, they bounced back and responded in a big way. The weekend before last, they got humbled with their trip down to UNO. 
as the privateers took all three games and did so in convincing fashion, like 36 to 11 was the combined score. This weekend, they were the ones pulling out the brooms. As they hosted Incarnate Word and said, hey, we're going to flex up a little bit. That's what they did. Outscored the Cardinals. The Cowboys did 24-7. to And they'll do a quick turnaround as they'll take on former conference foe Sam Houston State tonight at the Joe. First pitch set for 6 o'clock. So McNeese is looking to continue building on some momentum after taking down Incarnate Word in all three games. Justin Hill's team back on track. The Astros, meanwhile, not so much. Dropped two of three on the road at Seattle. Houston will now take on the Angels tonight in their home opener at Minute Maid Ballpark. First pitch set for 7-10. You can listen to it right here on the game. But also interesting to note is that Not only did the Strohs drop two of three to the Mariners inside the Emerald City, they're going to welcome in the Mariners for a weekend series this coming weekend. A game that I do believe Hannah Five Names will be at. Why are you shaking your head at me? Didn't you just say you were excited Um, for the weekend? Didn't we just have that conversation where you said, I'm excited for the weekend? Yes, I am excited. Excited for the weekend. Uh-huh. Um, but they don't come to the mayor. The mayor's don't come to Astros. It's just that the Astros are going, they're playing against the Blue Jays this weekend. I see. I'm just going to a Major League Baseball game because I'm, because Kenneth bought tickets. That's right. I got confused. You're not seeing your Mariners play. You're just seeing the Astros play. Yes. You and so, I are going to the Mariners that's right. play. Later, later in the season. Yes. So how are you, you going to behave yourself? Let's focus in on that because our poll question of the day, by the way, is all about five names. This is what happens when you let her run the run the, run the run the show. Is five names allowed to talk trash today or not after the Mariners beat the Astros this past weekend? Mm-hmm. 57% of you say yes, her team won. 29% say, how about Ray's Braves? say no, the Mariners still suck. Let's get to some comments, shall we? JPK, the OD, says, yes, wear down footer. He'll cave in and take the bait sooner or later. Of course, you will pay for it later, but what the heck, live for today. Steve on Twitter says, be classy. Let foot beat up on his own team, (laughs) which he will do. Steve's exactly correct. That's exactly what Kevin will do. Kevin diffuses any situation of talking, having... A trash being talked to him because he'll diffuse and talk about his own team instead. Yes, he will. Confidence will get you much farther than being cocky and it will irritate him more than if you talk smack. Ooh, some words of wisdom from Salty Steve. Yeah. Texan in Acadiana says, 162 games, my friend. When the <laughs> Astros are back in the postseason, the Mariners will be sitting at home as usual. Wow, Texan in Acadiana. Wow. Thought okay. you guys were friends. I thought you and five names were friends. Apparently not. But Texan is salty this morning. So, have you made a decision yet? Um, I'll see how he looks when he walks in. (laughs) Well, he he always looks looks upset and a little bit better because you know now it's what it was fourteen days, Friday. So he said thirteen, twelve. 
It's 11 days till the NFL draft, which now he's we're almost to single digits. Thank God. Um, so it depends on how he looks. Because he's like really upset, and he starts off with the show about his Astros losing the series. Then I'll be classy and I won't beat up too much on him because he'll just talk about his team himself. But it is the long game here. It is the long game, right? It is a long season. Now a lot of people like your Mariners to make the postseason. They do, which would go against what Texan and Katyana has posted. Mm-hmm. In 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 a matter of anger and frustration that his team actually lost to the Mariners. <laughs> oh, all that that's <laughs> that's third grade chalk and trash right there. With the little sound effect you just did, <laughs> but I have look. Th- this is the bigger thing for you. Hmm. This is your team. They just beat Kevin's team. Yes, eighteen right? to six. But they're in the same division, mm-hmm. so they're going to play a bunch this year. Yes, right. So, do you pace yourself, or do you take the opportunity? I'll I'll I'll, I'll be story time here. So, when I was in the third or fourth grade, I forget when it was. It probably third, if probably fourth grade. There was a large kid. He'd been he had failed twice, and he was still in the fourth grade. Should have been because he was massive, because he had failed twice. So during PE at South Berkeley Elementary in lovely Mobile, I scored like the game winning touchdown on him during PE. Inexplicably, somehow I didn't drop the ball, and he was mad, and he was very mad. So afterwards. We're in the restrooms, and this is an older school. So the stalls are made out of pure, like, just plywood. And the floor is, like, you know, the wall's cinder block, and the floor is, like, you know, hard tile. So he just wants to start picking a fight. So he starts beating me up. And you're thinking to yourself, and I'm skinny. I'm a skinny little kid. Obviously, he, he's, he'd failed twice before, so he's a larger boy. He's probably, like, 13 at the time. And he's just beating the living crap out of me. And I'm just, I can't, I can't do anything about it. He's getting, some friends are trying to step in to get him off of me. Cause I didn't even say anything. I didn't talk trash to him. I didn't showboat. I wasn't neon Dion. Okay. I just, I was just standing in line to go pee. <laughs> and he's, he decides he wants to whoop up on me. So they finally pull him off. And he, he'd whooped me, man. Hit me, hit my head against the, the, the plywood. It hit me. Just, just, you know, I'm crying. I'm just gut, just, but then I see an opening, five names. And it was a glo- it's as if the heavens had opened up. And they had held them back. And I was like, okay. And I just took my chance. I just went right after it. You know what I did? Ran away. I punched him right where you shouldn't punch anybody. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that just angered him more. <laughs> so he wailed, on me. he wailed on me a little bit more. But you know what? He never messed with me again. So I see. I seized the opportunity. I knew I wasn't going to win. I knew in the long term I was still going to get my butt whooped, right? Because he was already just mauling me as it was. He was bigger. He was stronger than me. But when I had my opportunity, I seized the moment. And I let him know I'm in business. This is your time. Are you going to seize the moments knowing that the Astros have been to three World Series in the last five years, knowing that the Astros or you're defending American League champion, knowing that the Astros are stacked yet again and are expected to get back to the World Series, and it's a 162-game season, do you go ahead and seize the opportunity to talk trash today to the footsie 
knowing that the likelihood of you having another opportunity to talk smack may not may not present itself. Well, I think it will. Um, and love your confidence. He definitely already went and said on Friday that he has. There's a chance that I was going to probably win the series and maybe even sweep. And he's like, just let us win at least one game. I'll be okay. So that he's already set up to where he's going to be going but, through but the pain again, of me winning. That's him diffusing. The smack talk because he's laying the groundwork. He, he, Foot's not a dummy. He's laying the groundwork. <laughs> what he, he's all like, I just don't want to be swept. So he's already framed it in your brain. You just said it. He's already framed it for you. Oh, I concede your team's better than me. You guys are going to win this weekend because of some mythical rule there where they scored too many runs on a Tuesday afternoon, and they didn't have enough runs for the weekend. Your team's going to win. I just, you know, I just. I just want to. I just don't want to be swept. He's playing you. It's a vet move. And now you're playing both of us. That's probably in his I, car listening to us right now. <laughs> I have a new appreciation because Foot explained something to me. Because my Braves did not get oh, off yeah. to an optimal start. The hammock season. And he explained it to me. I never heard this before. He explained the hammock season to me, yes. which I appreciate. And now that makes a lot more sense for me. So what did he say? What did he say? He, he texts it. Here you we go. lay back with your world title trophy next to you and stress out about nothing, knowing that you won't win it again this year, but who cares? You're the one holding the trophy. Boom. There we go. Oh, yeah. He's, he's already said it like three times. See, well. And I've, been, I've, taught, I've taught now um, Kenneth what pay the piper means, what James, what to James what it means, <laughs> and to Miguez what pay the piper means. Got to pay the piper. Got to pay that piper. Right. I did. That's he's why all I about, lost 4 nothing on Saturday. He's all about paying the one. piper. 11-1 on. My man's all about paying the Friday. piper. <laughs> yeah. God bless him. Certainly, I beat his team series-wise 18-7. to We did not get swept. We we evened the four-game series. We took two games, both scores 5-2 to two, Friday and Saturday. Lost yesterday's game 2-1 to one to the Padres. So we took two out of four from San Diego. So we're hovering around 500. But now Foot has given me something. The hammock season... There we go. Yeah. I'm still going to be rooting for my team to win games, but that does give me a little <laughs> bit different perspective. So keep voting on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Should five names be allowed to talk trash today or not after the Mariners beat the Astros this weekend? Of course, talking trash to Miguez and to Foot, as they are diehard Astros fans. Now, now Miguez. <laughs> No, all bets are off. All bets are off. That's so just footsie. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Fifty-seven percent of you say yes. Her team won. Twenty-nine percent say how about Rays Braves. Fourteen percent say no. Mariners still suck. Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming on Facebook and Twitter. We gotta take a timeout. When we return, though, here in RP3 and Company, we'll welcome in our first guest of the day. We're gonna be talking Karen Crow High School football with the head coach Susan Andy. She joins us live in the studio next. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here on RP3 and Company, we talk about the sports you know and love. Baseball, football, basketball, and soccer. Isn't this great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. Okay, maybe not soccer. But we'll try to do our best. Back to more knowledgeable sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Welcome back to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, Raymond Parch III. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Should Hannah Five Names, the producer extraordinaire, talk trash today to Footnotes host Kevin Foote, diehard Astros fan, because she's a Mariners fan, and the Mariners took two of three from the Astros. We want to hear from you. Go leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. We'll update it throughout today's show. But right now, it's time for us to welcome in our first guest of the day. Oh, yeah, of the day. State softball playoffs begun. Brackets were released Thursday. Some teams actually played on Friday, which is crazy to me that that happened. But, yes, what some teams did. They want to go ahead and get that knocked out of the way and get prepared to make a postseason run all the way to Sulphur. Of course, that's where the state softball tournament is always held. And now we're talking to someone whose team is in the bracket for the first time in a long time. She is in her fifth year as the head coach of the Karen Crow High School softball program. She's a graduate of Opelousas High and played softball at McNeese State University. It's our privilege to welcome to the program, making her RP3 and company debut. It's the Golden Bears head coach, Susan Andy. Susan, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So it's, just start. How good does it feel to be back in the playoffs? Oh, my gosh. I'm beyond excited, to say the least. <laughs> uh, it's been a while. It's been a long time. And, uh, you know, we have this little running joke at school, and I couldn't be the only one not in the playoffs, right? So <laughs> we had to. I had to do something. It's been, there's been a lot of success for Karen Crow in multiple uh, sports. Uh, soccer, state championship not that long ago. Football a couple years ago. Basketball a couple years ago. So um, when all the other sports are, are doing well and having success, does that add any additional pressure or does that just fuel you as a competitor being a former player yourself? Does that just fuel you to even get better and have your team get better? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh to be around such successful programs, you know, great coaches that we have at Karen Crow, the tradition of Karen Crow uh, sports. I've always been having winning teams in Karen Crow. So uh, the last few years have been have been hard on myself and the girls uh, to fall short mm-hmm. and not have some of the, you know, one of the, the better programs in, in the area. So surely it definitely put a put a torch under my tail and uh you know to to try to get a, to to try to get there you know you want to be there you want to be successful like your colleagues and uh it, it definitely fired me up what was the biggest challenge you had when you took over the program obviously you're a former star player yourself in high school and in college but when you took over as head coach five years ago what was the biggest challenge you faced right off the bat uh, the biggest challenge had to be getting the girls to believe that they can win. You know, uh, it had been a long time since they had a winning winning season. Uh, and, you know, sports, everything, I guess, were kind of habit-forming, right. you know. And uh, so I believe that, that a lot of the, the program itself, the girls in the program, had gotten used to just sitting back and settling. So – Getting them on fire for the game, to love the game, to to be competitive, to want to win, and and to change the mindset that you can to believe that you can was was the biggest challenge, definitely. This season in particular, uh, ups and downs for you, but was there a moment during this year that you thought, okay, 
we may have something a little special here. We may have something that's going to allow us to actually get back into the postseason for the first time in a long time. Was there a turning point for you and your team? I think I saw it early on. Uh, the coaches and I, we all we talked about it in our first loss. You know, we came, we came, we opened up the season with two wins, which was definitely a new, new, uh, new feeling for us. But uh, the first loss, we lost a close one to Ascension Episcopal. And in that moment after that loss, I saw something in the girls' eyes that we hadn't seen uh, in previous years. And it was it was the determination and the sense of of pride and, and, and maybe even a little embarrassment, you know, that they felt that they knew they fell short because of what they – the lack of their – the lackluster in their performance. And it, and it mattered to them at that moment. And, and I think that that's what, what made me see the turning point in that, okay, I think we're doing something right here. I think that they're starting to catch on as to, to what, what it's all about. We're talking with Susan Andy. She is in her fifth season as the head coach of the Karen Crow High softball program. Her team is in the playoffs as the 21 seed in the Class 4A bracket. They're going to be taking on number 12 seed Lakeshore in the first round of the playoffs. What is the identity of this year's team? If someone hasn't had the opportunity to see your Bears team play, they go out and see them play for the playoff game. Let's say they make the trip down to Lakeshore. What are they going to see? What type of what type of team is this? You know, we're we're a type of team, I believe, that has that that's learning how to win. You know, we're still we're still young in the process, but you're going to see a group of girls who never ever give up on each other. I believe that they go out there and they they fight for each other. It's a they're understanding what what a team is. Uh, you're going to see some scrappy play. I hope a lot of hustle. And uh, we preach that a lot, that it's, you know, it's, it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. And, and we're a team that I've been telling the girls to play for respect. And uh, that's what you're going to see. You know, you're going to see a team that I think believes in the old, the old story, the little engine that could. You know, we identify a lot with that. And uh, a team that never gives up. And that's, that's what I've wanted all along. You have a, a tough task in front of you as you're taking on a, a very good Lakeshore team. Obviously, they're going to be at home for tomorrow night's game. And the way that you ended your season, you ended it with, uh, you know, a couple of losses in a row, and then you had a couple of games get canceled on you. So what have you been working on to have your team be focused, be ready, uh, and be prepared to make this road trip and go down there and get and get a win this week? You know, it's really about us swinging the bat. We've got to, we've got to swing the bat. We've, we've had uh, our success at the plate has not been the greatest in the last couple of games. We've seen uh, our bats kind of cool off a little bit. So we definitely need to get in the box with confidence. We okay. need to, uh, we need to believe that we can, and the girls need to go out there and 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 give it everything they've got. We get, we can't leave anything out you know undone we just got to leave it all out on the field and and they are going to be a, a good good ball club that we're going to face um i believe that if we play to our potential though we're going to have a really good game tell me about how much have you leaned on as a coach leaned on your experience as a player as a star player at Opelousas high back in the day and then playing at McNeese. How much did that experience as a high school and college star have you been able to lean on the lessons learned 
that you've been able to use and kind of pass down to these girls that you've had for the last five years? Oh, that's, that's a lot. I tell you, um, you know, being a player and a coach, uh, that's just so, so, so totally polar opposite is, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard. It's a, uh, my personally, as it's a lot easier to be a player, I think, than it is to be a coach, right? <laughs> it's like as a player, you can get the ball in your hands and you can do and you can do some things with it. Uh, but you know, teaching the girls to 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 keep going that that is the the ultimate um, lesson I think in life and in sports and what we can what we bring to these kids and what we could teach these kids to do outside of just playing ball is that you just you never give up so uh my my successes in the past um just uh try try to get it to to help me to fuel them to get them to be competitive Mm -hmm. and to uh continue to fight and and work hard how much do you love coaching because you don't have to i mean you're a teacher you don't have to coach and coaching can be a bit challenging because it's going to take up a ton of your time but also in a lot of ways you are helping these young women become women and preparing them for life and and, and not everyone's cut out to be a coach so what is it about about the profession itself susan that you just love so much that you're just so passionate about you know it's goes so far beyond the bat and the balls and the the dirt and the and the um the game time seeing these young ladies grow knowing their worth getting them to understand who they are um grabbing hold of the passions that they have in life whether that is to be a to play at the next level or to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or whatever it is that they choose to do in life that's the joy that i have in coaching and and allowing these girls an opportunity to practice through a sport what they're going to need to be successful in life that's what i love about coaching that's the right answer that's the right answer that's a good answer I mean, that, that, I, that's the type of answer that makes me want to say hey, maybe i should go get and go become a teacher and go become a coach well, i'm ready I i'm ready what, but i do have, i gotta tell you though i do have a love-hate relationship with it though. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you when everything's going right, you love it, and then when it starts going bad, oh. it's like you can kick the dirt and you hating it. But yeah. I, you know, I think every competitor's that way. I think oh, every I ball player, you know, everybody could, uh, everybody remembers that time, right, when they they love the game, and then those moments when they just hate it. And uh, but the passion and the love always brings you back to it. And being around these young ladies, that listen, I have a class act group of girls that are just fantastic. Uh, my seniors have have persevered through through really really tough times I tell you and um I can't I, I can't be more proud of a group of girls Well you should be and the fact that you guys are in the playoffs first time since when 2011 so it's been a, it's it's been more than a decade. It's been a minute, as they say. <laughs> it's as the kids say. It's been it's been a minute. It's Congratulations minute. on getting Karen Crow uh, back into the softball playoffs, uh, Susan. Keep up the great work, and I know you're making a positive impact on these young girls' lives. Best of luck on the road against Lakeshore, and hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. Hey, I, I hope so too. I'll come back anytime you ask me. That's Karen Crow High softball coach. Susan Andy, she joins us here on RP3 and Company. Once again, her team takes on Lakeshore in the first round of the Class 4A 
state softball playoffs. Wish her and her team the best of luck. We got to take a timeout. When we return, Jeff Palermo from the Louisiana Radio Network and co-host of Tiger Rag Radio will join us talking all things LSU. That's next right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 is known across Acadiana as a master of the English language. You look at all the guys that they got. Clinton Anukoraru, oof, and I don't know how to pronounce this young man's name. TJ Falola. More like a master of broken English, that is. They also added an inside linebacker, Casey Wasawi. These names are killing me, man. I even practiced <laughs> last night. Me fail English? That's impossible. Now back to that silky smooth delivery of RP3 and Company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway. First one of this season. Astros are going to take on the Texas Rangers on May 21st, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of the ballpark, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Once again. Astros Rangers, May 21st at Minute Maid Ballpark. You can win four tickets, a tour of the ballpark, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Merinda in Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. But you got to go register in our clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to have a chance to score the Astros weekend getaway, so go sign up right now. Don't forget to go... Go vote on our poll question of the day while you're at it. Should Hannah Five Names, Seattle Mariners fan, be allowed to talk trash to Kevin Foote today, Houston Astros fan, because her Mariners took two of three from the Astros? Go leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean. But right now, it's time for us to talk all things LSU with the man who's co-host of Tiger Rag Radio. He's also sports and news director for the Louisiana Radio Network. It's our good friend, the one and only Jeff Palermo. Jeff, good morning to you, brother. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. How about you, uh, Raymond? I'm doing great, bud. I had a, a tremendous Easter weekend. How about yourself? Yeah, we had a great weekend. Uh, great weather. So a little uh, rest and relaxation yesterday and ready to get back at it today. Ready to get back at it. I love that mindset. Is that the mindset for the LSU baseball team? Because, <laughs> oh, I, look, it was great last weekend. They go into Stark Vegas. They sweep Mississippi State, the defending national champs. Yes, Mississippi State's not what they were last year. They're towards the bottom in the conference and the standings. I get all that. But it was a clean series, right? No errors, no miscues, timely hits. Pitching was good. And then... Well, then came this past weekend at Arkansas. Uh, just give me your thoughts of what you saw in Fayetteville. Well, I, I think it gives you an idea of where this team is at compared to 
uh, some of the best teams in the SEC. And when you look at Arkansas statistically, you know, nothing really jumps off the page as far as their team batting average, their team ERA, but they don't make any mistakes. They went into the series, I think, only committing 17 errors on the season. And they played clean baseball throughout the weekend. And they got really good pitching. And uh, we've seen LSU get shut down from time to time by good pitching. That happened again on Friday in the in, in the game two loss. Uh, LSU's um, shaky defense hurt them on uh, Thursday. And then, again, I would say Saturday, they, they really didn't do much offensively. They had an opportunity and then a bizarre call for uh, on uh, not get, being in the batter's box in time, uh, ruined the rally, and it really turned the whole momentum of the game. So it was just one of those weekends. So here we are, 15 games in, 15 more to go in the SEC, and LSU is 7-8 and eight in league play. And there's been some highlights, obviously, the sweep against Mississippi State. There's been some lowlights getting swept by Arkansas and losing a couple of series at home. But I thought going into this SEC portion of the schedule that they would be somewhere, when it's all said and done, around 15 and 15. You know, Maybe the high end they get 17 wins. Maybe the low end they end up with only 13 wins. So I think they're kind of where you thought, that they're not – at this point, Raymond, and they, they still, who knows, maybe they do kind of turn it on and they win eight of nine conference games or something like that. Uh, I, I think you're looking at a team that's that's just an inconsistent team, that they're, uh, there's games uh, or series you come away with feeling really good, that maybe they've turned the corner, and then they have a series like they had this past weekend, and you're like, man, they're just – they're, they're, they just don't play the consistent type of baseball that you need. There's still time to, for that for them to achieve that. They still got obviously 15 more league games, more midweek games to go, so it's still possible. But for right now, they're just they're an inconsistent group, and, and a lot of it is is that you got some guys going through SEC play for the first time. You got for the most part a relatively new team, and they're still trying to kind of come together and. You know, you, you throw in a, an injury this past weekend where you don't have Gavin Dugas, and you're you're relying on some. You're you're shuffling around as far as the lineup goes. So I don't know. Uh, I, I think if you want to be optimistic about it, Raymond, I think going into these two series, the Mississippi State and Arkansas series, you and if you said if you can go three and three through those six games, you would take it. And so they went three and three. I don't know if many people thought you'd get a sweep in Starkville and then get swept in Fayetteville. Maybe you thought you'd take two out of three in Starkville and you get one in Fayetteville. But in the end, you're three and three, and you got a series coming up this weekend against Missouri, a series that you should certainly win. They got Missouri coming up, and you're right, we're through the halfway point now, and, and this is where a lot of us thought they would be, just not – uh, they're 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 here just not in the manner we thought they would be right the the path they took to being around 500 in SEC play is not what we thought it would be but looking ahead they still got Missouri coming in that should be a winnable series Ole Miss is a bit of a train wreck right now they they are just struggling mightily and they'll play them later in the season but they still got to play Vanderbilt and we know how good Vandy is 
Alabama's right there with them record-wise, and they're wildly inconsistent just like LSU, so you don't know what you're going to get in that series. And Georgia is, to me, one of the kind of surprising teams. They're 26-10, and 10 and they're 9-6 and six in conference, second in the East behind Tennessee. So the schedule doesn't really help them out all that much, right? I mean, there, there's some still some challenges for the Tigers. Well, I, I mean, we, I guess to kind of steal a cliche, I mean, this is the SEC. I mean, you're, there's not too many weekends you're looking at that say, okay, uh, this is a weekend where LSU can sweep. Now, uh, maybe other than this weekend against Missouri. I mean, this is, uh, to me, this Missouri's is a not series good, that LSU right. needs to, they need to take care of business. Uh, they they cannot allow the Tigers come, to come into this, come into Alec Box Stadium and win a series. I mean, that would be three series that LSU loses at home. Um, this is a Missouri team. You know, LSU has struggled to win on Friday nights. Missouri has yet to win an opening series, and they've been getting clobbered in a couple of their Friday night games. They gave up 15 runs to Vanderbilt earlier this year in a series opener. They gave up 15 runs uh, this past Thursday when they opened up a series against Kentucky. Now they came back to win two of those games. But um, this is a team that you should be able to at least take two out of three from. And then it's, yeah, I, I think it's um, – you're, you're right, Raymond. I, I mean, I, not, nothing is guaranteed really after that. I mean, they're, they're going to be playing some really good teams, but that's kind of the league. That's what it is this year. And I wouldn't be surprised by the time they face Old Miss in the middle of May that the, the Rebels finally get their act together and look like the uh, top 10 team that many people projected the, the season. So, but, you know, they're, they're, they're talented enough to put together stretches. Of uh, and score a bunch of runs and win series. They're getting the pitching. Um, I, I think probably, obviously, that the two things that are kind of holding them back at this point is obviously what they're doing defensively. And then, yeah, yeah timely hitting, it kind of comes and goes for them. But, I mean, I think uh, most teams in the country and most teams playing baseball would tell you that at times uh, you're getting the timely hits. At other times, you, you just can't drive that runner home who's standing at second base. What's the thing – I'll ask you this, Jeff. What's the thing that Jay Johnson can do with his team that – what's the one part of their game that's missing that he can fix, that can be fixed in the middle of conference play here? Is it the the bullpen issues? Is it the fielding or is it the timely hitting? And which one of those three things is the biggest issue that's going to prevent the Tigers from making a long postseason run? Well, I think the defense still remains the, the big the big thing. I mean, as far as timely hitting goes, uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's, it's a lot to – it comes down to the batter. Uh, I, I think these guys are getting all the information that they need. Uh, it just comes to the fact that uh, you, you just got to execute when you have a runners in scoring position. It's late in ball games or whatever it may be, and and there have been times they have been able to do that. Um, you know, pitching is is just been holding. Pitching has been good. I, I mean, again, a, a team ERA of three point five four. They're kind of mixing and matching. They got Jacob uh, Hasty involved in things this past weekend. That that will only help them as far as another guy out of the bullpen uh, throwing from the left side. 
I mean, to me, I think they're getting what you need out of the mound. It's just defensively, can they clean up some of these issues? I mean, they're at 50 errors now in 35 games. And then it's there's also, it seems like, uh, just like it was on Thursday, there was a play that Jordan Thompson could have made on a hard ground ball. He didn't make it. It got ruled a hit, but it's a play that needs to be made. And there's there's several of those. And Paul's been, or Paul, my goodness, Jay Johnson has been uh, trying to change things up on the infield. He's been moving guys here and there. I mean, I think he's, he, you know, he continues to, to still work at it and, and hope that, you know, eventually it, uh, it'll come through. I mean, they, they made a couple of nice defensive plays on Saturday. They had a good double play by Kate Doty. Jacob Berry made a nice play on a, on a soft uh, roller that he came in charging and, and threw the guy out at first. So at times they, they show they can do it. It's just uh, a couple of times um, here or there that really cost them. And, again, it it really hurt them on Thursday because um, th- th- there was that was the difference. I mean, Arkansas made the plays out in the field. LSU didn't. And in the end, the Tigers ended up losing 5-4. to four. Wrapping up our conversation with Jeff Palermo, co-host of Tiger Rag Radio. Also, sports and news director for the Louisiana Radio Network. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud. Spring football will, will wrap up <clears throat> on Saturday with the spring game. What do you expect to see there inside Tiger Stadium as Brian Kelly wraps up his first spring in charge of the Bayou Bengals? Well, you'll see offense versus defense. They just don't have the numbers to kind of split up the two teams and then have, you know, typical, you got half the team in purple and half the team in white, and you, and you play the game that way. They're, they don't have the numbers to do that. So it's going to be just offense versus defense. You'll see ones versus ones, twos versus twos. Uh, I would imagine you're going to see uh, quarterbacks kind of switching in there. Uh, Jaden Daniels, Miles Brennan both taking snaps uh, with the first team. Um, I, you know, I, I – I think it's going to be, a, you know, all these spring games are pretty interesting. I know they, they obviously don't, they lack the intensity of a, of a regular game, but to see these quarterbacks out there, um, to, to kind of maybe hopefully get uh, John Emery back for it. He's, you know, he's out with a, a sprained ankle, uh, interested to see the defense and the offensive line. So I, mean, I think there's a lot to, to, to get to gain from it. I don't think any positions are settled yet. Uh, they're going to need a, some of these freshmen that are that have yet to arrive on campus for them to come in and fill some holes uh, and, and add some depth in some key positions. But uh, I, I think it's been a productive spring. There, there's no doubt about that. And now we uh, we'll get to see what uh, Jaden and Miles can do come uh, come Saturday, and uh, then we'll we'll debate that all throughout the summer on who's going to be the starting quarterback, and how Brian Kelly will handle it. Jeff, appreciate your time. As always, brother, enjoy this week's slate of games. And, uh, you know, keep up the tremendous work, bud. We'll talk to you next Monday. All right, man. I appreciate it, Raymond. Thanks. We're going to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. Close out hour number two. Update the poll question. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
Don't go through another summer with that awful joint pain. Call QC Kinetics now. Hey, that's RP3, Raymond Parts III here. That pain in your back, your knees, your shoulder, it can now be treated with the latest in precision medicine using natural biologics. That's right, growth factors that can restore and repair damaged tissue. Really exciting stuff here. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, giving you access right here to this modern-day joint pain solution. You can get lasting joint pain relief with no drugs, no steroids, no downtime, and no surgery. You've heard Emmett Smith raving about QC Kinetics. You've read or seen other high-profile people talking about it. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can help you get your life back. Take action right now. Get a free consultation. Powerful, effective joint pain treatments with natural biologics are here. Call QC Kinetics now. 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Let's check in on the poll question of the day. Her Seattle Mariners, talking Hannah Five names here, took two of three from the defending American League champions over the weekend, the fighting Kevin Footses, the Houston Astros. Is five names allowed to talk trash today to foot, or should she not be able to? That's what we want to know. 56% of you say yes, her team won. 22% say no, the Mariners still suck. 22% say how about race Braves? Race Braves give you the short of it. We took two of four. We split a four-game series with the San Diego Padres. Yeah. And Ronald Acuna Jr. has been sent down to AAA for assignment <laughs> to get back on track. So, not the best weekend. But, as Foote says, it's a hammock season. So, I'll take what I get. I'm still basking in the glow of the World Series championship. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Hour number three. We'll kick it off with Jay Walker talking all things Raging Cajuns right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, my crawfish pie. Two hours in the books. Final hour has arrived here on this Monday edition of RP3 and Company. We've had a good show so far today. Got a good poll question. Should Hannah Five Names be allowed to talk trash to Kevin Foote about her Mariners defeating his Astros? I say, look, she's allowed to. It's a free country. She's a fan of one team. He's a fan of the other. But you got to play the long game here is what I would recommend. 
I understand. You have an opportunity. You want to seize it. But the Astros are the defending American League champs. They have been to three World Series in five years. Mariners, I can't remember when they did something good. So you're going to be torn here five names because you could either take advantage of this moment right now and then have foot come back and terrorize you the rest of the calendar year because that's typically what happens. Mariners are usually good early in the season and they fade. And then they're not a factor. They have a losing record in the second half of the season. And the Astros are back in the playoffs winning division titles trying to get back to the World Series. So you really have a tough decision here. What to do? Maybe I'll disagree. Everything he says his team did wrong, I'll disagree the whole time. Yes, because Foot is the master of diffusing that, right? You can't yeah. talk trash to Kevin because he'll go ahead and just agree. Oh, yeah, we're terrible. We're terrible. We're the worst team. Worst team. And he'll go on a rant about his team. And then you forget, oh, yeah, I was trying to talk trash to Kevin. And then he just, he just, he takes all your momentum. He steals it all. It's what yeah. he does. It's masterful. It's masterful. Yes. And uh, so I'm just going to agree with everything he says that his team did terribly. And then, uh, at some point, I'll bring up the error that his first baseman, no, his third baseman had uh, in game, the game yesterday. So I saw the highlights last night, and I was like, Well, see, you just ah. said it now. So that means Kevin's probably listening. He'll probably use that as ammunition now. He'll go ahead and use it against himself. That way you can't use it. That's what he does. That's what he does. I'll just bring some chocolate cookies in so he can't eat them <laughs> <laughs> watch me eat them. Oh, oh, man. So keep voting on our poll question of the day. Oh, we've had a good show so far. Susan Andy joined us. Karen Crow High softball coach. The Bears are in the playoffs for the first time since 2011. Fifth-year coach has done a great job turning things around there right down the road at Karen Crow High School. They'll have to go take on Lakeshore in the first round of the Class 4A playoffs. We also talked LSU getting swept at the hands of Arkansas with Jeff Palermo from Tiger Rag Radio. Now it's time for us to talk Raging Cajuns. That's right. Baseball team bounced back after a loss to ULM to win the series. The softball team swept South Alabama to take sole possession of first place in the Sunbelt Conference standings. To break it all down for us is our good friend, the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker. Listen up, UL fans. It's time to talk all things Raging Cajuns with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker. Here is Colin Cajuns on RP3 and Company. Jay, good morning. Hope you had a tremendous Easter, brother. How are you? Uh, it was wonderful. I'm doing wonderfully, mm. and uh, I think Hannah should just brutalize him. <laughs> Jay has Jay votes for just terrorizing the footer, which I, I kind of expected that to happen. Jay, oh, I love Jay. All right, bud. Let's talk about the weekend. Uh, disappointing that they dropped the game to the Warhawks, but as you and I spoke about this last week, look, this game is, this series is always going to be circled on ULM's calendar, regardless of what sport it is, and they're always going to play up, and sure enough, they bounce back from their disappointing uh, first game loss to take game two from the Cajuns, but you got to love what you saw from Matt Degg's team in game three, the way they responded to win the series. Yeah, you know, um, there was a time, and it wasn't all that long ago, that if you went out and beat ULM 14-2 to in the first game of a three-game series, they barely showed up for games two and three. That's right. Mike, 
Mike Federico's done a nice job with that program. You know, he's he's hamstrung money-wise and, and all of that stuff. And they're by no means a great team, but they're competitive. And they're going to make you play nine innings. And, um, you know, I, I was not um, stunned by what happened um, because the other team gets to play too. And, look, there were a couple of things the Cajuns could have done. Specifically, they had two double play chances and didn't turn either one of them. Um, but, no, it was a nice bounce back. On, you know, Jeff Wilson just went out and just shackled him. And then the bullpen did its job, and, and you know, the, the Cajuns hit the ball well. They didn't have a lot of hits, but they made the most of every hit they got. And, you know, you wind up taking the series. Would you have loved to have swept? Sure you would have. And, of course, you know, fans think that Armageddon has arrived every time you lose to you will limit anything. But, um, <laughs> but they're, you know, look, they're, they're, not a, they're not a terrible baseball team. They're not, they're not uh, among the, the, the league's elite, but uh, – but like I said, they're going to go out and compete every day, and, and they wound up getting a game. And, and that falls under the heading of, you know, that's baseball. And I, it's funny because I said that to Migas. He, I, I was leaving, and he was coming up after being downstairs. He says, you just can't let that happen. I looked at him and said, dude, that's baseball. And, of course, he had no idea what I was talking about. But that's okay. <laughs> He'll learn. Uh, so let me, let me ask you this. You know, you see this team now, Jay, and – we're through the halfway point of conference play, and, and this is a team that's now five games above 500 overall, 20 and 15, and they're three games above 500 in the conference. And look, they're they're, they're right there; they're they're in the mix. Yeah, Texas State is at top of the the standings. I get that they have a nice cushion, and Georgia Southern's doing well, but UL's right there with South Al Troy, and they're only a game back of like Georgia State, and you still have half of the conference schedule left. Do you like Matt Diggs's chances, his team's chances of making a run and trying to you know, at least get one of those top two, top three seeds, top four seeds for the conference tournament? Well, if you're talking about top three, top four seeds, yes, uh, I do. You know, you've got yeah five conference series left. Um, two of them are at home against UTA and uh, and Little Rock, and I'm not sure either one of those teams is better than ULM. And then you have to go up to App State, uh, who's a team that I really don't think is better than ULM. So you've got those nine games. Now, the other six, the ones they play this week at Georgia State and then um, the next to last uh, season of the year at Texas State, those are going to be huge games, and they're all on the road. So anything you can steal there, look, you split those six, and then you take care of your business with the others, you're right up there. Now, are you, is that going to put you in first place? I don't know. Um, but, you know, if there's one thing that we're learning when it comes to the top half of this league, everybody's capable of being everybody. And Georgia Southern proved that over the weekend when they took three games from Georgia State, who was the hottest team in the league. That's right. And the other thing that we have to remember is if you look at everybody's schedule, look – everybody's got some really tough series yet to come. As a matter of fact, Texas State, they close with the Cajuns and then at Georgia State. So, you know, they could, they're sitting up there in first place right now, but they still got some, some minefields to, to navigate. A lot of baseball to be played here. Let's just go play and, um, and, and see what happens. I'm, you know, I, I'm not discouraged by losing game two of that series. I'm not. What's the biggest improvement you've seen from this team 
from that opening series against UC Irvine to where they stand right now? Jay. Oh, their defense is so much better. I mean, it's not. It, look, that's an easy question to answer. Defensively, they are so much better. In conference play, they're at the top of the league in defense, and they um, they're they're making you earn what you get. Now, they're still too generous, and that reared its head on Saturday when they. Uh, I want to say what they walked five and hit four, uh, and I think three of those runs came into score. That's still the Achilles heel of this team. But where the most improvement has come is defensively. They can pick it and throw it. What's the one thing they still need to work on? Uh, Well, the consistency in the bullpen. Um, You know, I think they've got the starters figured out. You know, Talley and Schultz and, and Wilson are solid. The bullpen, when they come out, there are some days that the individuals go out and dominate, and then the next time they get too generous. So the thing that they still need is consistency in the bullpen, particularly as it pertains to free passes. They clean that up, they'll be as good as anybody in the league. We're talking with Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. He joins us here in RP3 and Company. All right, brother, let's turn our attention to Tuesday because it's a big game, especially for local fans and fans of baseball in the state, period. Wally, Wally Pontiff Classic. Not what it used to be when it was held on the Shrine on Airline, but still – it's a good matchup between the Tigers and the Cajuns. I, uh, give me some of your keys. What are you looking for for Matt Deggs' team to go into Baton Rouge, cross that basin, and get the W tomorrow night? Oh, well, first of all, they've got to keep the ball in the ballpark. You know, LSU's hit 57 home runs this year. And, uh, and that's a lot. power throughout the lineup. <laughs> so I think the first thing you've got to do is you've got to keep the ball within the confines of Alex Box Stadium. Um, and, and I think that when you get opportunities, you have to make the most of them. And that's true almost every time you play LSU. You're going to get some opportunities, but you may not get as many as you get in a, in a typical game against some of the schools in the Sunbelt Conference. So when you have those opportunities, you have to cash in. I remember last year, Cajuns are down 6-2 to two and they have the bases loaded. Uh, and they're, they're one hit away from being back in the ball game, and then they hit one right on the screws, and, uh, you know, they want, they wind up running the ball down in the gap or whatever, and it was almost a 6-5 to five game at that point. And that was the, the, the play that you underlined as the, as the turning point of the game. You've got to take advantage of opportunity, and you're going to get some, because LSU is pretty brutal defensively, I'm going to be honest. I mean, they, they're not a good defensive team. And they don't pitch it great. I mean, the, the, the guys they got, you know, on, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday this past week, those guys are pretty good, but we're not going to see those guys. And um, so the Cajuns are going to have opportunities during the course of the game. They have to take advantage of them. They cannot say, oh, gee, if only we had done this in this particular inning, you're not going to beat LSU doing that. Jay, let's switch over to softball. Obviously, you were on the call for baseball, but you keep a, you keep an eye on what's going on with the softball team. And they go on the road to Mobile, and they get the the sweep of South Alabama. And after that sweep, their 70th consecutive Sun Belt Conference Series win. But more importantly, that vaults them to a top the Sun Belt standings now, sole possession of first place. Just how impressive was it that Jerry Glasgow's team was able to sweep South Alabama and did so with a twin bill on top of it? Huge. 
I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm not one to, to embellish or go overboard. That was huge because basically what they did was they won the league um, over the weekend. You know, that now you still have a few series to play, but you're done with Texas State, you're done with Troy, you're done with South Alabama. Um, that first game was crazy because you had, you know, Olivia Lackey, who's, who's one of the, the best pitchers in this league. She can go out and dominate you. She didn't have it, and the Cajuns wound up scoring a bunch of runs, and they needed to because South Alabama hit, I think, four home runs uh, in that game. So what we thought was going to be a two-to-one game in the first game of that, uh, of that series turned out to be a very high-scoring game. Well, then she didn't pitch game two, and, and the Cajuns did what you're going to do when they, when they throw the number two pitcher. And then Lackey comes out again, and then she's the girl that, you know, that is an all-conference pitcher, and she pitched like one. But the Cajuns found a way to, you know, hit, hit, a, hit a ball or two out of the ballpark, and they got outstanding pitching in game three. That is, that's a huge sweep uh, for Jerry Glasgow's team. Now they're going to go. Now they're on the road this week, and they're going to play St. Louis and uh, Indiana and Illinois and uh, I don't know somebody else. Then App then State, got, yeah. Then App State on the way home. So that's big. From a, you've got some RPI games in there that can help you. Um, so this is a big week too. But as far as the conference is concerned, they basically won the league over the weekend, and. At the beginning of the season, I wasn't sure they could do that because of all of the youth on this team. But Sam Landry has stepped up. She's pitching like an all-conference pitcher, and they've got some they've they've got some versatility in their lineup, and and their freshmen are growing up, Ray. And um, so I like what I'm seeing out of this softball team right now. They still have work to do, uh, but I think that there were folks that saying. Gosh, are we even going to get an at-large? Uh, yeah, you are. Uh, and that is, uh, they've taken some great steps, and that was a big, 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 let's see, is that three games, right? Big, big, big step over the weekend. Jay, it's always big when you join us on the air, brother. Enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, I'll see you on uh, Tuesday over at Alex Box, my friend. I will uh, look forward to it. And Hannah, Kevin is all yours. Go get him. Yes. <laughs> The Jay Walker seal of approval for talking trash to Footsie. I love it. We got to take a time out. We'll update that poll question of the day. Oh, man. That's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to join in the discussion with RP3? Then just give us a call on the hotline. You know the number. 24 Six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No need to be embarrassed. Just call us at 337-706-0111. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
today's the day that you're going to join the game clubhouse. Not only is it free to join, but you also get the chance to enter to win tremendous free gifts like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. That's right. $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. You can only score that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today so you can score a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse. I put my phone down shortly before we came back out of that timeout because I was concerned because I thought that producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names was having a seizure it just so happens, no, it was her dancing. How in the hell did I lose to you in the chair dance-off? <laughs> and now you got all worked up. Now now you're all hot from all the ridiculous dancing you were doing. Dancing, but laughing. See, but see, you feel better now, right? Yeah. You were, you were slightly sullen, a little down to start today's show, to start off the week. Yes. And as the show progressed, more shenanigans ensued. And then once you embraced the dancing, yeah. once you decided not to be the dad from Footloose and decided to accept the dancing, yeah. look at you now. I Happy, every time. I just having a great time. Don't turn the, the camera on me when we come back. I like turning it on you because it's funnier when you do it. Well, shout out to Becca for being here. Yes. The intern she, extraordinaire, soon to be college graduate. hyped up. She does get you hyped up. Yes. There's also more giggles involved as soon as she walks <laughs> through the door. It's it, it's just something that is, happens immediately. Becca walks in and you just start giggling for no reason. She could come in and say, I totaled my car and all my possessions were lost. And I, somehow I caught your house on fire, five names. And you'd be like, <laughs> all right, that's great. And there'd be giggles for no good reason. Yes, because why not? Why not? Why not? YOLO. Do we have time today or maybe sometime this week to do a deep dive into Becca's phobia of being on the phone? Because as we found out earlier today, she does not like being on the phone. She hates being on the phone. Yes. I even asked her, I said, does that mean that your mom or your dad like makes your appointments for like the doctor or the dentist? <laughs> she said she has them in person instead. So you actually drive <laughs> to the place instead of calling them on the phone? No. So if she's like at her appointment then... And they said, do you want to schedule your next appointment? She oh, said, yes. Oh, okay, well, there. I do that. So I she doesn't have to call them. Okay, I was about to say, to I, I just pictured her on a random Tuesday driving, trying to beat traffic <laughs> to drive to a doctor's office to schedule an appointment because she didn't want to use the phone. She just looks at her phone. No! No! I mean, my brother had, no! my brother had a phobia of talking on the phone when he was younger. Like, he was talking to my grandmother on the phone. Like, he was like, no. Why, why did your brother hate Nana? Um. Well... My brother's n not the most social person in the world. I see. Be me and my other brother took all social butterfly stuff from my mom, and he got none of it. I see. It's fine. He's good at soccer. So. <laughs> that and delivering doesn't, pizzas. Doesn't talk to his nana, but you know what? He's good at kicking a soccer <laughs> ball. It, yeah. it balances out. Right. Like, I love getting the phone call. It's like, hey, sis, that's how much money I made. Delivering pizzas, and it's like, you know, 10 times my bank account. That's fine. It is fine. It is fine. But, is, it, it, but somehow somehow you've turned this into you. It's not about yes. you. It's about poor Becca and yes. her phobia of being on the phone. I know. I feel so bad for her. I do, too. I, I told too. her I told her she could answer the phone 
for like foot show and then just look at me like I'm talking to me the whole time. I didn't move my mouth, but she said no. <laughs> if I, I is Becca, if we trap Becca into a room <laughs> with a landline, like the production studio, if we just lock the door and she's just in there and the phone rings, will you have a seizure? Will 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 you literally have a conniption fit? Will you tear the walls down? In the production studio, Becca, if we lock you in it and just constantly call the the hard line that's in there. No, I'm just not going to answer it. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to have a fit. Okay, okay. So your phobia is not that crippling. Well, I guess it just keeps me from doing things I need to do. I guess. <laughs> so okay, so I would I would assume then everyone in your family though is text savvy enough to text with you. I, I would I would assume your your mode, your your method of communicating electronically is through text. Yes. My mom doesn't understand that. Because okay. she still she'll just call me like just <laughs> randomly and I'm like And she knows and she knows you don't like being on the phone. No. And like so she'll call me and I'll answer and she'll ask me like a simple question and I'm like, you know you just could have just texted me that right <laughs> I love that. Mom, you, you, Mom, we've talked about this. Stop calling me. Just text me. Yeah. Okay. All right. But see, you have no problems communicating in person, talking. No. You, you're very comfortable with it. Yeah. It's just something about the phone just freaks me out. I don't know what it is. Okay. All right. So go ahead and put on the list vintage hardline phone as a Christmas present for Becca this year. Go and write that down <laughs> and just watch her open up the gift and then throw it in the trash can. Is that is that what would happen? Probably. <laughs> you know, Becca, back in the day, there used to be things called phone cards. This is before everyone had cell phones. So you would get, you'd essentially like buy prepaid minutes almost. Mm-hmm. And it'd be on a card. So you'd go to a pay phone and then you'd have to dial the number on the back of the card to be allowed to use the minutes on the card then to make a phone call. That would probably wow. just drive you crazy. Yeah. Sounds like is. too much work. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was. So it was having a pager, but that's a discussion for another day. Thank you, Becca, for sharing your phobia with us live on there. Thank no you. Problem. Thank you. You're brave. Keep it up. Keep it up. And you better be more supportive of her. Okay. She's about to graduate. I am. Okay. okay. I am trying to work And her you should not years. force her to have to do something she doesn't want to. I, She's already stressed enough. She's trying to graduate. I told her all you have to answer is one phone call. That's it. Just one. Baby steps. Foot will have probably seven or eight today, but I want her to answer just one phone call. I even told her who's going to be answering the phone, like who's going to be calling. None of them are going to go and be like, oh, weird, like who is this? Not Hannah. No, they're not going to be like that because they're chill. We have had discussions, me and some of the phone call with people yes, yes, because sir. we need to be on the same page. Okay. Or I'll get click, click, goodbye. All right, Becca, this is, is going to be the goal for you. This is going to cap your internship here with us at the game to produce one of the shows and have to answer at least just one phone call. Just one. Just one. I think you can do it. It doesn't have to be today. We can build up towards it. But your final, let's make it your final day at the station for the internship. You'll field one phone call for Kevin Foot Show. How about that? Shaking our head, yes. We got agreements. There it is. All right. Boom. There. We're making things happen. We're making people better. We're having them face their fears. Oh, yeah. She's already produced Boom. a whole one hour of a show. Boom. She's a rock Multiple star. Multiple times. She's a rock star. She's We're a rock star. doing almost the entire show today. She's only doing one thing she won't be doing. There it is. So out of eight, 
she's only doing seven. Boom. 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 That the boom was in sync oh. is unreal. Unreal. There it is. Proud of us. <sighs> go ahead and pat myself. There we go. Go ahead and pat yourself on the back. There we go. There we go. That's a more of a slap. I'm not for sure what you were doing. <laughs> Whoa! My, Whoa! <laughs> my arms are shorter. Someone looks like I'm slapping. My, you know what? I'm going to go to commercial break. Let's take a time out kind of, here. It was kind of you slapping when you were dancing, too, which was which was hilarious. Okay, my dancing was not that bad, but thank you so much because I got into it, and um, it's going to be fine. Whatever. I'm taking a time out here on the game. <laughs> when we come back here on RP3 and Company, Carly Viator will join us for Festival International. It's just right around the corner. Give you the latest news and updates concerning one of the best events Acadiana has to put on. That's coming up next. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 18th, 2008. In a 28-2 vote by the Board of Governors, NBA owners give approval for the Seattle Supersonics to relocate to Oklahoma City. The team leaves and is then renamed the Oklahoma City Thunder. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Festival International returns in just a matter of weeks here in Lafayette. The 5K is coming up. You can get your wristbands. People are excited. There's a buzz building about it. You hear us talk about it all the time here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, because we have those Bon Ton passes that we're giving away. You can't even buy those now. They're sold out. That's how much buzz is building for this year's Festival International. Carly Viator from Festival International and Jerry Prejean from First Horizon Bank now join us on RP3 and Company to talk about one of the greatest events Acadiana puts on year after year. Carly, thank you so much for making the time. Welcome back. What's the excitement level for you and your staff as we near festival time? We are getting so pumped up that festival is almost here. We're less than two weeks out, so we're uh, pulling together all of our last-minute planning um, but everything's going great. Like you said, the passes sold out, which we're elated about. We've had so many new volunteers sign up this year, new Amis. Um, still working on the 5K registration. And uh, Volunteer Portal is still open from now throughout festival. So there's some great ways to get involved this year, Raymond. Let's talk about the volunteers because obviously this is an epic type of undertaking for you guys to put on a festival like this. And obviously you can't do it without the help of your volunteers. Roughly how many volunteers do you guys typically need in a normal year like we're having this year to be able to put on festival? And how many more volunteers are you guys wanting to come and help you guys put this show on? So in total, we actually need around 1,500 volunteers, and between them, they cover 2,500 volunteer shifts. So we're probably over halfway to our goal, but we still need a lot of smiling faces. Um, volunteering is a very, very fun shift. It does not feel like working. You're surrounded by live music and 
just good people. It's a great way to make new friends and to see behind the scenes of festival. And like you said, it literally, this event could not happen without our volunteers. It's the only reason we're able to put on this massive, awesome, free event. So be sure to come out and volunteer this year if you've been considering. In addition of volunteers, you mentioned, obviously, the 5K. People get really excited about uh, that. This is a, a big area for those type of events. Now, people can still register for this. I know the 5K will be the Saturday morning of Festival Weekend. Tell us a little bit about the 5K. Where can people go to get more information, and how can they sign up and go ahead and register so they can take part in that? And when, what is going to be the deadline for that as well? So everything you need to do for volunteering and for the 5K or just to learn what's new this year with festival is over at festivalinternational.org. So that's where you can register for the 5K. Um, it's on the Saturday morning of festival, like you said, and you literally cross the finish line into food and drinks and music. Um, we have La Patente playing from New Brunswick, Canada this year. So we always try to get an international band over there, and it's just a really high-energy, fun morning. You can run, you can walk, you can jog. Um, so definitely come check out the 5K, and there's always the risk of that selling out too, so do it sooner than later. Um, you're able to register online until the Tuesday um, before festival, and then if we still have spots open, you could actually show up the Saturday morning and sign up on site. We're talking all things Festival International with Carly Viator. Also, Jerry Prejean from First Horizon Bank is joining us here on RP3 and Company. All right, Carly, let's talk a little bit about the flavor of the musical lineup. We've touched on that in previous conversations, but how many countries, how worldwide, how global is this year's lineup? Just how diverse is it going to be for those that are going to be coming, attending? So Festival International always makes a goal to bring as many bands from as many different places as possible. So this year we're excited to be bringing um, acts from over 20 different regions in the world. A lot of those are from Africa, which is the, the area that I get most excited about. Um, we have Natu Kamara coming from Guinea. We have Bambino coming from Niger. We have um, Lacumizi coming from Mali. So those are some great French-speaking or Francophone groups uh, coming to us from Africa. But we also have all kinds of great um, Canadian bands, New Brunswick, Montreal, all kinds of good stuff coming our way. And then, of course, Raymond, we always like to highlight and feature our local talent as well and show our culture off to the world and to all the tourists that come here to festival. I have to ask you this because obviously festival uh, going what it had to go through the last couple of years because of, of the pandemic. Now you guys are back up and it's feel, it feels normal, right? We're, we're kind of getting back out there. People are enjoying going to see shows in person. I would also probably take a leap here and say that you guys have probably had more acts reach out to be part of festival this year than maybe in years past with everything coming back to normal. Has that been the case where you guys have had so many musical acts reaching out in the last uh, six, seven months wanting to be part of festival, seeing if they can have a spot on one of the stages? I think that's a pretty fair thing to uh to guess because so many bands have been cooped up. They have all this built up energy. They're ready to go on tour. So yes, I mean, everyone's ready to play. Everyone's ready to play festival. And what's cool is we have a lot of the groups that we had to cancel in 2020 due to COVID that are finally able to come in person. They joined us virtually, but um, coming in person, you can't beat that. So like I said, Natu Kamara is one I'm really excited about, but there's also uh, Sin Kane coming from Sudan, Sima Funk from Cuba. So some of these groups that we're looking to headline in the past are finally coming. So imagine all that built up energy is finally coming to Lafayette. And I can tell that our community is so ready to embrace that. 
Carly, tell us a little bit about the wristbands. I keep hearing so much about. We are so excited to be bringing back the RFID wristbands this year. So what they are, they're um, basically your digital wallet that goes on your wristband. And we could not have these if not for our sponsor, First Horizon Bank. Um, This is a huge, innovative undertaking, and it's something to be proud of for a festival and for our community that we're able to move in such a um, forward-thinking way. And it's going to alleviate a lot of the congestion downtown, the need for cash, the need for tickets. So there's just a lot of um, sustainability and functionality that comes with these wristbands. Um, You can head over to festivalinternational.org to get the full scoop on how to load it up and how it all works. But basically, you can go ahead and get yours in advance, or you can get it on the festival grounds. Um, If you want to get yours loaded up in advance, you can head to Parish. Inc. downtown. Grab your wristband and you can either go through our mobile app or festivalinternational.org to get linked up with your card or your bank account and put put your funds on there and you're good to go or do it at festival either way. But um, yeah, it just alleviates so much stress, all the lines and all the things that you don't want to miss. Now you don't have to because of the wristbands. Uh, we're talking with Carly Viator with Festival International. We're also joined here by Jerry Prejean from First Horizon Bank, and uh, we're going to talk uh, with Jerry now. Why was it so important for uh, you guys at First Horizon Bank to be the wristband sponsor and be part of Festival International? We at First Horizon have been long sponsors of Festival International, and we really thought it would be a great idea to really help usher in technology and layer in the technology component on top of the festival experience. Um, we really see some value in converting this festival into uh, towards more of a cashless uh, event. And I think by creating more of a cashless event, it'll be a safer experience and, and more fluent for our festival goers. And Jerry, just talk a little bit about just how exciting are you and, you know, obviously First Horizon Bank to have festival. We're going to have people, hundreds, thousands of people back in Lafayette, back in Acadiana to to take part in and to experience this great festival that the area is known for. Just how excited are you and First Horizon Bank about that, about it being a kind of a normal festival international this year? We're excited about getting folks back out, especially downtown. We're certainly proud of the uh, the downtown experience that uh, we'll offer our patrons. And uh, as longtime supporters of festival, it's so glad we're so glad to have folks out again and really starting to uh, enjoy the spring weather and the great music. Carly, got one more question for you before we get out of here. For those who have never gone to festival, I've been, obviously you've been, and obviously Mr. Jerry has as well, and a lot of our listeners have, but there may be somebody that hasn't had the chance to to experience Festival International. I'll give the microphone, open it up to you. You know, just tell them why they should check it out, why they should take the time to come and experience what a great event. So imagine a town-wide celebration with seven stages throughout downtown where you can bring your whole family and you don't have to pay to get in and you hear music from all around the world just floating through downtown. Um, You can get food from around the world and local tastes. Uh, Artwork is made by local artists and from artists around the world. Um, It's overall just a global experience that is in our backyard and you don't have to pay for it. And it's a very magical, magical place. You know, you could be walking down the street and all of a sudden these big 
magical stilt walkers come past by you and take a left. You might catch some African drumming, take a right, maybe some reggae. Um, it's just such a fun, fun escape, and it feels like a big community holiday. And um, we're very lucky to have Festival International here in our community. And I hope that you come check it out. You can um, check out all the different bands that are going to be playing, the different kids' activities, and all that good stuff at festivalinternational.org. And it's a five-day festival, so plenty of good times to be had. Thanks once again to Carly Viator with Festival International and Jerry Prejean from First Horizon Bank joining us here on RP3 and Company, giving us the latest updates on Festival International, which will be coming up once again April 27th through May the 1st. And speaking of festival, you can experience it like never before by winning the Games Festival International Prize Pack. Sign up for the Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You will get the chance to score a pair of Bonton passes. That's right. You'll get exclusive access to front row and stage areas, shaded seating, air-conditioned restrooms. Hello, no sweaty porta potties for you. Express drink lines, T-shirts, pins, and even a poster. That's right, Bon Tom Passes. You can't buy them right now. They're sold out. The only way you're going to be able to win these bad boys is by winning our Festival International Prize Pack. Experience festival like never before by winning the Festival International Prize Pack from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway. That's right. The Houston Astros are going to take on the Tejas Rangers on May 21st, and you can be there in person. Register in the game clubhouse today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, and you'll have the chance to score, wait for it, four tickets. So you'll get to go. And then you'll have to make the hard decision on who can come with you. That's entirely up to you. You want it to be family. You want it to be friends. You want it to be coworkers. Maybe you just want to go by yourself and have those seats around you. That way you don't have people breathing up on you. It does not matter what you want to do with them. We just want to give them to you. Four tickets. In addition, you're going to get a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC and Le Marine in Houston downtown and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Go sign up today in the clubhouse so you can score our Astros weekend getaway. I want to take a moment to thank all of our guests. Jam-packed Monday edition. Susan Andy, the Karen Crow High softball coach, bears in the playoffs for the first time since 2011. They're taking on Lakeshore in the first round of the Class 4A postseason. Jeff Palermo from the Louisiana Radio Network and Tiger Rag Radio talking all things LSU. Jay Walker, the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. Of course, we talked about the Vermilion and White. And Carly Viator from Festival International. So thank you to all of our guests. But we have a poll question of the day to finalize. We asked you, because the Seattle Mariners took two of three from the Houston Astros, can... 
Hannah Five names, the producer extraordinaire and lifelong Seattle Mariners fan. Should she be allowed to talk trash today to footsie? Diehard Houston Astros fan. 47% of you say yes. Her team won, so she should be allowed to talk trash to foot. 35% say no, the Mariners still suck. <laughs> and 18% of you said, how about race Braves? We went, we won two and lost two against the San Diego Padres. We're hovering around 500. But as Kevin informed me over the weekend, changed my life. I had a great weekend. Played golf at the farm on Friday. Had Easter celebration with my mom uh, and Tina's mom on Saturday. And then we had Easter Sunday, crawfish bowl, and birthday party at my brother-in-law's in Bro Bridge on Sunday. Jam-packed weekend, even watched the Ten Commandments. And my daughter was actually interested. Great weekend. But a possible game changer was the fact that Kevin told me what a hammock season is. And now I can just sit back and bask in the glow of being the defending World Series champions. So there you go. Five names. Not only did the people vote for you to be allowed to talk trash to Kevin, Jay Walker signed off on it, encouraged you to give foot the business today. But as we've already established, no one deflates trash talk better than okay. Kevin Foote. No way. He will jump in while you're trying to talk smack about his team. He will then absorb that. He takes all the power from you. It's like a mutant ability. He takes it all from you and then sits there and makes fun of his own team, criticizes his own team to a degree that you didn't even think was possible, and then you're standing there and you're going, well, I can't, I can't talk trash anymore because right. he just took it all. He just took it all. So we know what's going to happen. You're going to try to talk trash, and then he's going to interrupt you, and then he's going to talk all the trash about his own team stealing your thunder. That's what's going to happen today. <laughs> That's all I got, man. <laughs> uh, five names did not have a tremendous weekend. The only thing she has is her Mariners one. Yeah. There it is. For the <laughs> intern extraordinaire, soon-to-be college graduate, Becca. Producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. I'm Raymond Parch III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.